0: Hi, my name is Barry Sterling Mitchell. I produce the Sterling NetPoint Power Rankings and the Bias Plus Reports. And this is Ben and
1: Barry on football. Hello out there. This is Ben Dickerson, your co-host. Training camp will be starting real soon, Barry. So we're getting close, bro. We got training camp. We got Hall of Fame. uh, We got a few preseason games and then things will be on. So let's get it popping. Well, you know, first things first. First things first.
0: And uh, speaking of first, let's kick this thing off with a quick share. Where is it at? Oh, uh, yes. You know what yesterday was, Benny? Um, it was Tuesday, June first.
1: <laughs>
0: after which, salary cap things could all be manipulated in a completely different way. Absolutely. Cap hits lesson. Cap hits lesson. All of a sudden things open up and I read an article on the Eagles and they were talking about how much cap space they could uh, uh, put together if they waited till after June 1st to cut Zach Ertz. (laughs) So that's kind of what this article is about, but it's not necessarily on the Eagles. Um, but yeah, they can spread that debt money out as it says over two years and concentrate. And I understand it doesn't go away. It's kind of like the national debt just kind of gets pushed out. The, the debt yeah. doesn't not being paid right now. So that's gonna be an interesting uh budgeting or economics issue for teams. Do they wanna push that all of that out to so far in the future? How much do they wanna go ahead and you know, consume right now or assume right now, handle that right now. So that's going to be interesting.
1: But I haven't seen a lot of big trades yet. Not yet, but I believe that there have been some negotiations going on in the background, uh, kind of waiting on this date to appear. Uh, Evidently, uh, nothing has been solid enough. And I'm basically talking about the more big name guys, they could be leaving teams uh, for for salary cap reasons, uh, Julio Jones being the number one guy. I know there's been some talk going on uh, over the previous weeks, but now that June 1st is coming gone, we might start to see some real action. Uh, as a matter of fact, just a few minutes ago, I heard that of all teams, the Seattle Seahawks have already offered a number one pick for Julio Jones. Wow, I remember
0: when we did that. I don't re- didn't remember them having any serious number one picks because they gave so many away to the Jets. So they they must have had a few up their sleeve, or they got something in some other trades that happened. Uh, so that's that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So yeah, Ben um, Julio is is big news. We do have. A few people on this list who maybe aren't as big news, but they're in there. So when you're looking at Kyle Rudolph, you're looking at Zach Ertz, Landon Collins, safety. Anybody need a decent safety? Anybody need a decent um, middle linebacker? So there are a few other few other uh, uh, positions that uh, are out there. Alshon Jeffries. Is, is still out there. I don't know if he's going to remain out there. Who wants Alshon Jeffries right now? Can, can you put that list back up again for me real quick? Can I put the list back up? Sure yeah. enough. Absolutely. Here we go. We're starting there with number one list, Aaron Rodgers. Which way you want number me to go?
1: Aaron Rodgers. So obviously uh, there's plenty of teams that would love to have Aaron Rodgers but aren't willing to go through what it would take to get him. So uh, they have to weigh – How bad do we want him? And I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I believe Aaron Rodgers is going to stay with Green Bay. Who's number two? Julio Jones. In his own words, I'm out of here. So (laughs) he won't be with the Atlanta Falcons, but who he ends up with, I don't know. I think uh, Julio is kind of on the back end of his career but I do believe that he's still got a few good years left in him and could be a complimentary player for a contending team. Teams are already out there negotiating with the Falcons at this point, um, and we will see where he ends up. He will end up somewhere. Uh, Third guy on the list is Alshon Jeffrey. Obviously, the Eagles are ready to unload his contract, and he hasn't been as productive for them as he was when he first came over. So I expect Alshon to be gone soon. Uh, Who's after him? Well, who's after him is um, Kyle Rudolph. Okay, Kyle Rudolph has already moved. Kyle Rudolph is now a New York Giant. So Kyle Rudolph will be backing up Evan Ingram at the tight end spot for the Giants, and Zach Ertz will be looking for a similar type of deal where he can go someplace, possibly start, or possibly be a second tight end on a team that uses two tight end sets. Landon Collins is still a good safety, but he's getting up in years a little bit. Uh, He could get lucky and end up on a team where he doesn't have to play full time uh, and possibly, you know, end up with a contender. Uh, He's been a really good safety for a number of years. I'm not exactly sure how much he has left. Uh, Jordan Hicks, uh, Jordan Hicks, he was an ex-Eagle linebacker. Um, real good tackler I don't know how good he is in coverage anymore uh, I don't know why the Cardinals are letting him go uh, I would have to go back and take a look at their draft and see if they grab some people that they feel uh, can sit in that linebacker spot which makes him expendable but he'll end up somewhere too could end up with the Giants Wow
0: okay that wouldn't be that wouldn't be bad that wouldn't be bad at all all right all right well, Ben, you mentioned the Giants. So I don't know if you saw this, but this was in the news. We sh- It was shared on our page. Former New York Giants video director sues organization claiming violence in workplace involving other employees.
1: What? Yeah. No, I did
0: not see this. How could you not see this? <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, this is this is guy-on-guy guy violence. Really? Uh, alleged physical assaults um, by the current Giants Director of Football Data and Innovation, Ty Siam against assistant video director Steven Venditti.
1: Oh, are you kidding me? This is techie on techie crime.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Come it on looks man
0: that way it looks that way but apparently there's been other types of situations uh incident 2004 where somebody was ragefully tackled by former assistant coach Dave is that the Guglielmo?
1: Yeah, the Guglielmo.
0: Okay. De Guglielmo. I know I probably screwed that up but in any event, you know, this is the kind of <laughs> stuff that we saw from the Redskins, little things leaking out, and then all of a sudden you hear about a toxic culture in the organization and all of that. I haven't seen anything. And you guys have new coaches. You've got a lot of new people, at least from the coaching ranks. And did you get? A, how long's your GM been there
1: now? He's been there for a few years now. <laughs> Dave Gettleman's been there for a few years now, and he's just beginning to redeem himself from some bonehead moves he made early on when he was being threatened or – well, I'm not going to say he was being threatened to be fired, but fans were calling for his head there for a little while, but he's kind of redeemed himself over the last couple of years. He had a good draft this year, so people are starting to kind of warm up to him a little bit. But you're right. The the thing with um, the Washington team, this is kind of how it started. Little little organizational stuff going on. I don't think it was that much with – actual coaching staff type people but it was more front office type stuff going on and also a lot of their stuff was centered on um abuse of women and women employees complaining but this i don't know what's going on with this the, the video director i i don't know <laughs> i don't get it but what i'm gonna have to keep an eye on this see if it uh escalates
0: as long as it doesn't yeah, touch know, the field, I don't want my young boy Corey Clement going into no violent workplace there over in. Uh... Uh, <laughs> dude, these dudes don't even come outside.
1: Right? <laughs> no, they don't.
0: That's true. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is tech, like you said, techie on techie crime almost. Even though yeah. they did have, have a, what was that, in the coach or whatever, somebody had a little football in their background, ragefully attacked. Ragefully attacked. Right.
1: Attacked. An assistant coach, probably, I don't know who it was against. But somebody just got on his nerves. Somebody was just, you know, I've worked in an office almost my entire adult life. There's times when you work in an office and you see the same faces and hear the same voices day after day after day. You start to get a little tired of certain folks. I never ragefully tackled anybody or punched anybody or anything like that. But I gave out enough ugly looks to let them know (laughs) out of my way. You know, it gets like that sometimes. I I don't know if this is turning into a toxic culture or maybe we just have a few isolated incidents, but.
0: I don't want to be, I don't want to, you know, just be flipping, completely flipping about it. But you're right in terms of, you know, you have these situations in an office where you have, you know, I remember my sister-in-law, her favorite little song was that little duck song, I'm about to whip somebody's, you know, you know that song, I'm about to whip somebody. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, I heard
0: <laughs> You know, so, you know, I understand that. But, uh, yeah, I just thought that was interesting, you know. It right, is actually,
1: It's
0: my team, so I'm interested. I'm going to keep an eye on it. Keep, keep me informed, man. Let me know what's going on. Uh, we want to get ready to kick off this piece here that we're going to do, where we're going to look at Pro football focuses ranking of all of the running back rooms in the NFL. So we're going to run through all 32 of them. We're going to be somewhat quick. Um, Last week we did, uh, or on Memorial Day, rather, we did your uh, way too early. Way too early power rankings. Power rankings. (laughs) You're right. It's way too early. We did the mock draft. We did your mock draft. We looked at every quarterback room. In the NFL, in our our previous couple shows there, our last two Thursday shows, we've been looking kind of comprehensively at the football universe of the NFL as it begins to present itself in the offseason. So today, we're going to look at the running back class. So while I still have my voice, let me say again, this is Ben and Barry on football. You can reach us at www.benandbarryonfootball.com. We are on podcasts at Spotify and Anchor and Apple. We are on all of the different social media. So just look for Ben and Barry on football. And again, most of what we discuss is at our Facebook page. So that's facebook.com slash I do believe. But you can get to it from our website and any of that. And every Friday, we are on online radio at WJRL953.com on Fridays. So lots of different ways to catch up with us. We're going to do this rundown the running back rooms. We're going to look at it from the perspective of pro football focus and see how we feel about it. So let's get started with number 32. So the New York Jets. Now we talked about the New York. Was the, Were the Jets your number 32 team in the power rankings? I believe they were. They might have been. I think so. I'm looking here. I see Tevin Coleman's name, my former um, Niner, who – this is the funny thing. When you're playing Madden, I'm a Madden guy. Ben's a fantasy guy. And you're playing with guys, and then you look up, and they're really not there no more. So I try to stop playing with them. (laughs) You know what I mean? Go find some other talent that's going to get the job done so I can understand how these coaches feel. But what do you think about the Jets – Running back room as the last and worst running back room in the NFL. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, sir, I would say immediately that Tevin Coleman coming over from the 49ers is going to be the number one back. Uh, these other guys, uh, well, Michael P. Ryan's been around for a little while, but he hasn't really made a name for himself. Todd Johnson is a young guy who shows some potential. Michael Carter, is he a rookie? X-r- yes, it says rookie Michael yeah. Carter. I'm sorry. It says rookie Michael Carter. Yes, yes. Michael Carter's a rookie out of North Carolina. Michael Carter's a good back. little really on the smaller side, 5'8", 199, but really good speed and um, pretty shifty. So uh, between Tevin Coleman with the experience and Michael Carter with the youth and some speed, uh, those should be the real one-two punch for the Jets. And of course, Tevin Coleman's got a pretty extensive injury history. So I know they're banking on Carter to to really come through for them.
0: All right. Interesting. But it's not one of those running back rooms that really scare you. I like no, Kevin no. Coleman. I use him. I think that he's got some speed. He's got some power. Um, I don't know if he is as dynamic as you would, you know, want your number one running back to be. But I think you can be, if you have a good line, you can be competitive. Yes,
1: I think he can be a productive back if he
0: can stay healthy. There you go. Miami Dolphins, number 31. All right. Uh, there you go. I'll let you run with it because you probably have half these guys on your on your uh, fantasy team or something like that Maybe okay so not. real
1: quick uh, Malcolm Brown proved himself with the Rams last year nothing outstanding but he showed that he's a good NFL running back and if you have to lean on him he can get the job done uh, Jared Dokes I'm not sure what school he went to but they picked him up in the seventh round in this past draft but the star of this thing is Miles Gaskins Miles Gaskins came in as a rookie last year, and I thought he was outstanding. The kid was super productive on the ground, through the air, catches swing passes, does it all. I really like Miles Gaskin. He's good back.
0: I'm glad you, I'm glad you were able to say that because I wasn't quite sure, you know, when I'm th- looking at the name, I'm thinking, Miles Gaskins, okay, what did he do? What did he do? But, okay, fantastic, fantastic. I'm glad you straightened that out for me. All right, let's go to number 30 real quick. We have the Atlanta Falcons. Mike Davis.
1: Ah, Mike Davis, that's my man. Uh, Mike Davis basically took over for Carolina last year when Christian McCaffrey went down. Had an outstanding season as far as I'm concerned. Played really, really well. Uh, now that McCaffrey's coming back, I guess they felt that made Mike Davis expendable. Personally, I wish they had kept him. I don't know what Carolina's going to do, and I guess we'll wait till we get to them in the, on the list. But uh, Mike Davis is a real good back. Runs with power. Runs with decent speed. He's not a burner, but he runs with decent speed. He definitely runs with power. He's a good back. I love him. Now, how far he's going to take them, I don't know. But uh, they're going to lean on him definitely because it looks like Todd Gurley has pretty much shot his load, man. Todd Gurley is – he came up with some knee problems about two seasons ago, uh, back when he was with the Rams, and he hasn't been the same since. Todd
0: Gurley, it was <laughs> – somewhere in the back of my mind, I wondered if Todd Gurley – was uh a little slippery with the information (laughs) I guess I'll say because he really just it was like that was right around the time when he had just gotten a big contract right
1: yes yes
0: it was immediately afterward you know got paid and all of a sudden now you know just couldn't get it done and it's like, uh, okay, you know, because he was super dynamic, man. I mean, Todd Gurley was the man there for a hot minute. So, you know, uh, re- remember this the, this uh, conversation when we talk about the value of running backs again in terms of contracts and stuff like that, because, uh, you know, it, this is where those things turn out. Now, number 29, the Houston Texans. The funny thing is I read an article that called this one of the more
1: intriguing running back rooms in the NFL. And I would agree. Uh, It also says most bizarre collection of veteran running backs. Now, here's what's bizarre about it. David Johnson, I don't think, is ever going to recover from his best year back when he was with the Cardinals. He hasn't been the same since his wrist injury and it's weird because it was a wrist injury so it doesn't really have anything to do with his legs so I don't understand what happened to David Johnson it's almost to the point where I want to call a guy a one-year wonder like I don't I don't understand Mark Ingram has been around for a while he's a veteran he's still got some juice left but he is up in age Philip Lindsay however is very young still and proved to be a pretty good running back for the Denver Broncos so and then they just got Rex Burkhead I think just the other day from the uh, Patriots. So at this point uh, I couldn't even tell you who's going to be anointed the starter. This looks more like a committee type situation here and let's face it the Texans aren't going to be a very good team overall this season so why not run with a committee and just see what happens. It may be, three out of these four guys can get enough done on the ground that they can win a game or two, it's going to be hard to say. I would say the, guy, the most dynamic guy out of the bunch is probably Philip Lindsay.
0: I would agree with you there. Um, but again, you're talking about – when you're talking about Rex Burkhead, Philip Lindsay, and Mark Ingram, now David Johnson was already there. Right. But when you talk about those other three – They came from pretty solid organizations.
1: Yes. And went
0: to an organization that's in turmoil. They don't even, you're not even sure what the status of the, you have a top flight quarterback, but you don't know what his status is going to be, civilly, criminally, or even just regular, and just um, what the NFL might impose as, you know, uh, on him in terms of, penalties and things of that nature so it, it's just interesting and when i saw rex burkhead who i like rex burkhead because you know with a name like burkhead you gotta like a guy like that but i mean he's a, <laughs> he's a tough runner he's just there's something about his name and his toughness you know it's like back in the day when we had all Star, it was just something about the way you said all stock you knew he was running over somebody
1: <laughs> right <laughs> he's he's kind of like um when you look at him, you think fullback, but they use him as a regular running back. You know, just enough speed, good hands, and we'll run you over. Got to love a guy like that. And he's durable. Yeah. So, exactly. I mean, they could have done worse. It's obvious, and we talked about this before, it's obvious that they're trying to rebuild that team the best that they can. It's, it's really a mess right now, and, and they're bringing in any talent they can find to try to get this thing going again. I don't think it's going to happen this season, but they are making an effort. If they go 500 over this
0: season, the coach might get coach of the year. <laughs> that would be a minor miracle. <laughs> I'm telling you. All right. Arizona Cardinals coming in at number 28.
1: Place
0: Kenyon Drake with James Conner.
1: Wow. All right. So Kenyon Drake and James Conner are two completely different backs. Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds were kind of the same back. So we have a little diversity now between Conner and Edmonds. And it looks like they plan to split the workload between them, which they did with Drake and Edmonds. Um, How would you describe Connor versus
0: Edmonds in terms, you know, when you say Kenyon and Connor
1: were, were different, right? Kenyon Drake and, Ch- and James Connor are different kind of backs to me. Kenyon Drake is a little more shifty, James Connor is more one cut, hit the hole and go. What would you say about Chase Edmonds? Chase Edmonds is more um, shifty, uh, better getting to the outside, uh, good hands. Kind of see, keep your
0: shifty factor with Chase Edmonds, although you got really you, you lost Kenyon Drake, but now you got the yes. one cut runner with James Conner, so you got that right. difference. Um, as I
1: said they have more diversity now.
0: Okay, okay, I want to make sure I understood what you were saying there. All right, Arizona Cardinals, number 28. That's not exactly a high ranking for a quarterback room, but you don't really. I tell you
1: what, I know this is pro football focused and I respect them a lot. I think that they should probably be a little higher. Okay. All right. All right.
0: Um, The next group up is your division uh, foes, the Philadelphia Eagles. And the Philadelphia Eagles are coming back with Miles Sanders. Now, Corey Clement has left, and he's now with the New York Giants. But the Eagles had a, a, a quarterback room at one point with eight different people in it. They're looking at Boston Scott, Carrion Johnson, and Jordan Howard competing behind Sanders. So I if think that, Miles, Sa- Miles Sanders is, well,
1: He's he's pretty good. What do you think? I think Miles Sanders is an, is an excellent back. Miles Sanders is a very good back. Miles Sanders can basically do it all. I mean, he's, he's not – he doesn't run with a lot of power, but he's got really good speed, really good shiftiness, catches the ball really well out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. If you get him in space, he can break a tackle for you maybe. Um, and Once he gets loose, he's trouble. So, yeah, Miles Sanders is a, definitely a quality back. Um, they let just uh, Jordan Howard go. I don't know where he went, but now he's back. Uh, I know a lot of Eagles fans were happy about that. Uh, I don't remember him making a lot of noise when he was here, but they're happy to have him back. Boston Scott is your Darren Sproles uh, clone. Okay, a yeah. little short guy, but he's got good speed, really qu- good quickness, good hands. I remember a game where he basically won the game late with uh, a deep pass reception in the corner of the end zone, uh, so he can catch. Uh, and who's who's the other guy there? Who else they got? Who else do the Eagles have? Yeah, running Eagles back. Also, oh, so Johnson. Ray- I knew there was another name I recognized. Arian Johnson was basically uh, the often on starter with Detroit. And then once DeAndre Swift got there, that pretty much made him expendable. So now he's with the Eagles. So it looks like they're looking for depth right now. And these guys are all going to have to fight it out behind Miles Sanders to see who the backup is.
0: The next team, number 26, in their rankings for running back rooms is a bit of a surprise to me. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones, you know, did the darn thing. Um, what what, what are they saying here about Giovanni Bernard and And Pishon Vaughn? You fill fill me in on this,
1: yeah. Uh, Giovanni Bernard came over from Cincinnati, he was the backup for uh Mixon, Joe Mixon. Uh, He got a lot of playing time last season because Joe Mixon was injured for some weeks, so Giovanni Bernard got a chance to showcase himself a little bit. And because they don't do the committee thing that much in Cincinnati, they pretty much rely on, on a stud back and that would have been mixing. But then when he went down, they had to go with, with Bernard. So he showed that he does have some juice, you know Um, I mean, he's not going to threaten anybody for a starting position, not on Tampa Bay's team. Uh, This looks like another team that I think should be rated a little higher. Uh, Leonard Fournette proved himself last year once he got going. Um, Ronald Jones has shown a tremendous amount of potential and has gotten better. He's only been in the league a couple seasons, but he has shown to have improved from his rookie season. So I think he's going to do really well. Um, Who else we got there? Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn. Now, Keyshawn Vaughn, if I remember correctly – uh Vanderbilt he went to He was kind of I don't want to say highly touted when he came in but they expected him to make a lot more noise than he has done and he really hasn't gotten an opportunity uh, he probably would have but when Jones uh, uh, when they got fournette and then Jones went down and they had to rely on fournette that kind of left Vaughn out in the cold so that's a pretty good that's a pretty good collection of backs there though. I'll tell you, Fournette's, Fournette's still got a few good years really left in him. And when I say good years, I mean really good years, like uh, at least two more, I would say. See, Fournette's the kind of guy – I don't want to get too deep into this. He's the kind of bat that will probably not have a long career because of his running style. But if you can get the best out of him now, he's he's kind of – you know what he reminds me of? Like Garrett Blunt.
0: <laughs> we okay. actually have highlights of Legarrette Blunt in his heyday yeah. Yeah. on our on our Facebook page. Uh, you should go see okay. it. Maybe before we
1: get off the air, maybe we can share some of that. So that's who he reminds me of. So, so Ronald Jones is going to become very important for them, if not this season, within the next couple. As long as he continues to improve, he'll be fine. All right, good
0: enough, good enough. We're moving on to the Detroit Lions. DeAndre Swift and the boys.
1: Jamal Williams? Yes. So, Kerryon Johnson is out, and Jamal Williams from the Green Bay Packers is in. Jamal Williams was the backup for Aaron Jones and filled in pretty admirably, um, played well, Uh, That made them have a pretty good one-two punch. Not a real dynamic one-two punch, but he got the job done. Now he's going to be backing up DeAndre Swift, who I think, if he can stay healthy and the Lions can fix that offensive line, DeAndre Swift can be a star. And Jamal Williams is the perfect backup. So the Lions are on to something here. And I don't know that they should be rated higher than Tampa Bay, but... As you can see by where they're rated, um, Pro Football for Focus sees the potential.
0: Okay, all right. There we go. Next up, we have another team that we just kind of talked about because uh they're one of their run their running back left. But we're talking about the Steelers, and we're also talking about the fact that you know, this is this like. This is the year that the Steelers kind of have to do it, right? I mean, we don't know if Big Ben's coming back. And they got the 24th rated running back room here.
1: This could be a tough year for Pittsburgh, especially if Big Ben gets injured. But even if he stays healthy, um, James Conner had a down year last year, and they let him go, um, which lets me know that they weren't very happy about him having a down year and didn't feel as good about him making a comeback as maybe he did, or some other people may have Benny Snell and McFarlane. They don't believe in those guys. They're, they are depth running backs that you throw in here and there to give the starter a breather. So they couldn't just go with them. Hence, They spent a high draft pick on Najee Harris. Najee Harris is the real deal, okay? But you're not going to see the best of Najee Harris unless that offensive line can get back to being the stud uh, run blockers that they used to be. So that still remains to be seen. But Najee Harris will step right in and be the number one back there. Number
0: one. Always
1: good to be the number one. All right. Najee, we're looking
0: forward to seeing that. Man's got a great smile. Love that guy. All right. The Rams. Cam Akers coming in at number 23 in the running back room. Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson.
1: So when we did the power rankings, when I did my power rankings far too early last week, uh, I spoke highly of the Rams. I forget exactly where I had them ranked but I had him ranked pretty high. I'm pretty sure I had him in the top 10. If they are going to really excel, it took them a long time last season to figure out that Cam Akers was the real deal. I knew it. I had him on my fantasy team, but I couldn't start him because they wouldn't give him enough carries because they kept going with the committee thing between Henderson and Malcolm Brown. Malcolm Brown is now gone. So now it's just Henderson, And Cam Akers. And to me, Cam Akers is head and shoulders, the better back. So now they should go with Cam Akers is the bell cow, Henderson is the backup, and just let him roll. Kids young, he's got good speed, he's got good toughness. Uh, He could probably work on his hands a little bit, but he's the number one back. He's definitely the number one back. All right, hands up.
0: Number one back, not hands down. (laughs) That's a football joke, Layton Germs. All right. Kansas City Chiefs coming in at number 22. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And? Jarek McKinnon. Another 49er got away. Ah, yes. I think he played, what, all of like 12 minutes for the team?
1: He got hurt again.
0: He, yeah, he, I know. He, he came, came in. I think they when they when they got him, he was hurt. He came in hurt. Every, yes, he did, because
1: he used to play for the Saints. <laughs> every, every time this guy has a great game, he comes back, starts to have another great game, you go, wow, McKinnon, and then he gets hurt. It's unbelievable. Jared McKinnon is a really good back who just can't stay healthy. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire obviously is the number one in this situation. No doubt about it. Uh, The other running back's name is Williams, and I want to say it's Derek Williams. Uh, He played pretty admirably last year when Hilaire went down. But again, he's just a backup. Um, That's probably why they brought McKinnon in for depth. But Edwards-Hilaire is the number one guy here, no question about it. No doubt about it. All right, now,
0: all right. We're talking about your boys here, your other team, the Buffalo Bills, all the way down to twenty-one with that running back room. Now, I don't. We when we get to uh, the the um, Ravens, they mentioned that they did not include Lamar Jackson's running and their discussion of the running backs. So I'm assuming that they're doing the same thing here. So I'm seeing Zach Moss, Devin Singletary listed in this
1: conversation, and they're not talking about the quarterback. Right. It looks like they're going to keep the quarterbacks out of this, which I'm kind of glad that they are because, let's face it, when you got Josh Allen and you got Lamar Jackson, it's really not fair to add them in um, when rating – Um, teams running situations well I guess it it is but it isn't because we're basically talking about running backs so leaving him out of it is 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 fair Um, now the most disappointing thing that I can say about the Buffalo Bills is their running back situation I believe Devin Singletary has potential and could play better he's still young he still has a chance to play better Zach Moss also still young, still could play better, but both of them left a lot to be desired last season. Be attributed to their offensive line who proved to be pretty good pass blockers, but not really dynamic run blockers. So that's a situation that needs to be addressed. But both of these guys, that's the one 2 punch. And both of these guys have just plain got to play better. Now, uh <laughs> another x49 ers running back is on this team matt breeder popped up okay i like matt breeder but i don't like matt breeder if you know what i'm you know what i mean it's super speed great moves in the open field catches the ball well cannot stay healthy <laughs> cannot stay the healthy cheetah, I see this guy run by a linebacker and the linebacker sneezed on him and he fell and he was out for three weeks it's crazy man it's crazy how lucky was, were we as
0: the Niners to be able to the, the, to replace the speed of a breeder with the speed of
1: a mustard? <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's crazy because it wasn't that long ago that that and you call him Mostert, I call him Mostert. I don't know which I don't know which is the proper pronunciation. Oh, with yours, I believe it's Mostert. But okay. Mostert was the backup. Yeah. Breeder was the penciled in starter. Tell me about it. But he kept getting hurt. And and I think Breeda actually fits the Shanahan mold a little better than Mostert. Now Moster's got great speed. Moster can run. I don't know. I don't want to get too deep in the Shannon. We'll talk
0: about the Niners in a minute. Yeah, yeah
1: that's that's a whole other thing. But he's now with them. And I'm um, trying to think if there's anybody else of note. Uh, not really. So, again, Singletary and Moss pretty much got things under control uh, as far as a one-two punch is concerned. I don't think those other guys are going to get much run unless they're forced into action because of uh, injury or whatever. So uh, it's not, not a terrible running back situation, but n- not good enough for this team to really be 100% fully loaded.
0: You <clears throat> can't be a contender without a run game. All right. Cincinnati Bengals coming in at number 20 with Joe Mixon returning.
1: This is pretty high for Cincinnati, but it's mostly based on Mixon. Joe Mixon is an excellent running back. Joe Mixon has got all the tools. The problem is that when he got to Cincinnati, when Cincinnati drafted him, their offensive line was a mess, and it's continued to kind of be – I mean, it wasn't that much of a mess last season – Um, I thought they run blocked fairly well last season, but he got injured and they didn't pass block well, which caused their quarterback to get injured. And then you got problems on top of problems on top of problems. But Joe Mixon is a quality back in fantasy. He could possibly be the fifth or sixth back drafted running back drafted in fantasy. That's that's how good Joe Mixon is. We haven't seen the best of Joe Mixon yet. This could be the season.
0: All right. Best of, eh? Yeah. That would be nice. I know he gives me trouble on the game. That's for sure. That's for sure. Washington football team's coming in at 19th. Antonio Gibson is there. Uh, and is
1: this J.D. McKissick? Is he still yeah. there? Uh, I believe he's still there. I can check something real quick just to make sure. But I think he's still there. Now, yeah. they got them listed at number 19. I, I, I don't know who's ahead of them. But this one-two punch could possibly be rated a little bit higher, too. I tell you what, Antonio Gibson, and this is only his second year coming in, is the real deal. Antonio Gibson is a hell of a bat. And J.D. McKissick is your classic change of pace runner, speed, hands, route running ability, the whole nine yards. These two work extremely well together, and um, they're they're coached well, and they're used well in game situations. When they're both healthy, they are a handful. They're a handful. Now, when Gibson got injured and they had to go with McKissick exclusively – he held his own. He held his own. He he did well, but they're much better off when both of those guys are healthy. Because again, you got your classic one, two punch. You got your, your heavy hitter, big time uh, 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 run you over tight back and Gibson with good speed, not great speed, but good speed and McKissick who can do just about everything. You can, you can line him up out wide. You can hit him on swing passes, screens, over the middle, all that stuff. So, yes, Washington teams got a good situation at running back. Well, that's going to be very helpful. That's going to be very helpful. And it's going to give you
0: guys some challenges. All right. My beloved San Francisco 49ers are coming in at 18th. So the run-centric team. And, you know, it's funny, Ben, Raheem Mostert, Mostert is actually the fastest guy on the team, at least on Madden, and I do believe in real life also. And I, I'm telling you, to, I don't he, – he doesn't really get put into the, the, the passing game much during, you know, in his actual use in real life. Uh, I've tried to use that a little bit more where I can come up with formations and then put him, you know, maybe move him out and put him up one-on-one on somebody. And that works. But uh, coming out of the backfield, he can catch the ball. He's strong. He's super fast. And, uh, you know, he is. if he can stay healthy, he's a great, um, you know, he's a great number one. Who's number two? Who's number three? Those are the questions with the 49ers because they're kind of a, you know, they're a run team. So you got to expect to see two or three other people in there, including Mr. Juszczyk, Kyle Juszczyk. Um you know, who at any particular point, you can just hand the ball off to him, goal lines, short yardage situations, even, you know, even the second or second and five, he'll get you five sometimes. So, you know, it's a, it's a nice power option and speed option. Uh, but who do you see as, as some of the, the second and third options?
1: Well, it's crazy to think that we've already named at least two guys, maybe three that are now on other teams that were actually on the 49ers last season, their quarterback room, I mean, their running back room was extremely crowded. And with a bunch of talented guys, all those guys that went to other teams now will get playing time and have proven themselves at one time or another, even if it was in small sample size, they're still pretty crowded in their quarterback room with proven people. One of them that a lot of people forget about is Jeff Wilson. Again, most of gets hurt, McKinnick comes in. McKinnick gets hurt, McKinnon gets hurt. They bring Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson rips off a couple of really good games. Then he goes down with an injury, a pretty major injury, by the way. Um, from what I'm hearing, Jeff Wilson will probably miss most of the training camp, but should be ready by the start of the season. And then you have check like you said, he's a Swiss Army knife, short yardage guy, goal line guy, and has really good hands. check is underrated for the way he catches the ball. That guy can catch, man. So he's extremely dangerous. Now, I don't know that he'll be considered the number two back, so to speak. Uh, most of it is the unquestionable number one, as far as I'm concerned. However, they picked up a guy in the draft out of Ohio State, the guy that Mr. Fields was handing the ball off to, and his name is Trey sorry, Troy Sermon. Troy Sermon is a hell of a running back. So you got another jewel. You got another ju- If Shanahan don't know nothing else, he knows running backs. Now, how much he's going to get out of everybody, I don't know. Okay? But Sermon is tough. Sermons. Really, I have to.
0: I have to. I have to look him up and, and get a little bit more on That's him. The fair. game's not out yet, so you know my my base of information <laughs> is a little shaky. But I will say this much, and
1: this is built into the game. I'm sorry, I said Troy sermon is Trey sermon. Trey, yes. I, mean, I said Trey, and then I thought Trey Lance, and I said no, it can't be Trey, but his name actually is Trey sermon. Yes, and Trey squared in there. We got him. You know, and
0: but the the. The DNA of the team in this makeup, at least going into, you know, the 2020 season was as a running team. And I I know that when I play and I, I use the Niners, when I stick to the personality and I run the ball, I literally will score 10 to 15 points more because everything else opens up. The quick slants open up, you know, the tight ends. Isolations open up. Those things just open up once you control that. And when I when I can't, <laughs> I struggle. <laughs> I struggle. So okay. you know, this is a running team. And it's yeah. funny that you say if he can't do anything else, he can pick running backs. Because, you know, I question his choice in quarterbacks sometimes when he keeps talking about Kirk Cousins. Not Garoppolo. I'm cool with Garoppolo. I'm cool with Trey Lance. All of that stuff. It's just that whole Kirk Cousins thing. When even the Mac Jones rumors, which you said wasn't gonna happen, it's just I was so I'm paranoid. I'm like, I hope he doesn't <laughs> <go>. <laughs> hope he doesn't go. Mac Jones is like Kirk Cousins. Let me get him.
1: Please don't. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. You you know, these coaches are they're just like the players, man. They like to talk. And when you have to go in front of the media as much as they do. Just to entertain themselves sometimes, I think they just say stuff. <laughs> just entertain <Sometimes> themselves, eh? <laughs> they just Say stuff like, well, you know, I mean, I could do wonders with Kirk Cousins. Maybe in his mind he could, you know? But, yeah, the whole Mac Jones thing, I believe that was really um, media- Yeah, but, but I've just taken a little quick look here, and the reports are that Shanahan really loves Trey Sermon, and the fact that Wilson may not be ready until the beginning of the season has opened the door for Sermon to take over the number two spot behind Moster. So uh, keep an eye on him. Can't wait till August when a new game comes out. <laughs>
0: yeah. Another running back there. Okay. Who do we have next? We have the L.A. judges, Austin Eckler. Justin Jackson. But do they is is either now Austin's not a power back. He's the fast guy. He's a quick guy. Yeah. I don't know
1: about Justin Jackson. I want to say Eckler, off the top of my head, is probably a little bit bigger uh, Miles Sanders type. Okay? Which would make him a pretty dynamic back. Catches the ball out of backfield, hits the hole, has some, has some wiggle and really good speed. Um, I would say he's probably a little bigger and a little bit more durable than um, than Sanders. But then <laughs> last season he got injured, was half, he was out for like half the season. But the fact that he was out all that time actually gave, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Jackson, Justin Jackson. A chance to showcase himself. Now, I thought he would play better than he did. He held his own. He helped them, but he wasn't the dynamic back that Eckler was. They also brought in another guy, Joshua Kelly, who I believe is still there. Joshua Kelly is a little bit more like Eckler, uh, where Jackson's more of a power back, I would say. Um, But neither one of them was outstanding enough to have them not on their knees every night begging for Eckler to get back. You know what I mean? But they're both really good backups. Not so good that you would want to have a committee, but good enough where you can spell Eckler from time to time and try to help keep him healthy. So that's a pretty good running back room. All those guys have good running back skills. All right. Not bad. Not
0: bad. Let's see who's up next. We have my division opponents, Seattle Seahawks, with Chris Carson and Rashad Penny. And this that's a pretty good running
1: back room. Run. Yeah, I would say so. I really like Chris Carson. Chris Carson's one of my favorite backs. I've used him in fantasy quite a bit. Uh real tough runner. I mean, a extremely hard, violent type of runner. Um kind of in the beast mode mold. Not as big, obviously, but runs with a lot of power and a lot of violence. This causes him to get nicked up from time to time. Um, but hopefully he'll be able to stay healthy. He's the unquestioned number one back there. Now they brought in Rashad Penny um, to back him up and eventually become the starter. He has not shown... That he's ready to do that, but he has shown some flashes. So I expect to store out a penny this year. Uh I don't know how much more we're gonna get out of him, but um he has shown flashes.
0: Okay, okay.
1: Uh they also have guy Travis Homer, who's pretty good, but again, just a backup. Just a backup. Just a backup, eh?
0: all right those guys um not bad at
1: all uh Some, some of these teams like the Chargers and the seahawks since we just recently said them you can see how highly they're rated but they're highly rated because their number one back is highly rated he's kind of pulling the rest of them guys along you know what i mean
0: yeah i know exactly what you mean um We're going to see how that works, however, with the Jacksonville Jaguars who are coming in in the top half here in number 15. You got James Robinson. You got uh, Travis Etienne, first-round pick, and my man Carlos Hyde, former Niners. They're all over the place. Another one. Who played pretty well
1: last year for the Seahawks. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He filled in well. Again, you know, uh, uh, Carson went down. So, they tried a lot of people. They used Penny, they used Hyde, they used Homer, they used everybody. Uh, it's just that none of them could actually measure up to the production that you get out of Carson. So, it's a tough situation, but that's why you need a running back room. That's why you need depth at a position that has a short shelf life, you know? And that's why we're going over this stuff, because it's important that you get something out of your backup if your starter goes down, short term or long term. That's very important. Fifteenth um, ranked running back room for the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's big. They're talking about ATN, like a guy you may remember, Percy Harvin. You remember Percy Harvin? Percy Harvin, speed, quickness, return kicks, everything. He did everything. He he ran out of the backfield. He lined up at receiver. He returned punts and kickoffs. He might even been the gunner on 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 the on the punt team. I mean, this guy did it all. They're looking at ATN like that. Word is that when they get to real training camp, that they're going to line him up wide, get him in the passing game, and run him in the backfield. Uh, but the reason that they can do that is because of uh, what's his first name? Marcus Robinson. Robinson. James <laughs> Robinson. I'm sorry. James Robinson had a really good season for Jacksonville last year. In fact, there were some games that the Jaguars were actually in. If not for their muddled-up quarterback situation, the Jaguars would have won more games last year. Oh, also with their weak defense. But they would have probably won some more games last year. He played extremely well, and they've got a good bunch of wide receivers so Trevor Lawrence is pretty set up. is set up pretty well, and then you add ATN to the mix. They're in good shape. You know, Carlos Hyde is a veteran back who can step in at any time and do whatever you need him to do. Who he may end up being the goal line guy. So they're in good shape as far as uh, their running backs is concerned. That's uh, they they belong up there. That's that's good good spot for them.
0: Well, Mac Jones and Cam Newton uh, have a quarterback room that's coming in, what's this, 14th with Damian Harris and Sony Michelle, including James White still hanging in
1: there. Damian Harris, eh? Yeah, we remember Damian Harris. Damian Harris was almost the uh, MVP of the Chiefs' first Super Bowl there a couple years ago. Tortured my team.
0: Yes, tortured then, my team. People are like, can they run the ball? Yes, they can.
1: <laughs> yeah, Damian Harris is a dynamic back. He's still young. He can do it all, and he opted out last season because of COVID. So he's got fresh legs. That is a huge pickup for New England. That's kind of being overlooked because of the whole Cam Newton, Mac Jones thing. Okay. Damian Harris is going to help them tremendously. In fact, word is that James White uh, has resigned, so he'll stay as the third-down back. And Sony Michelle is now expendable and could end up somewhere else soon. So we'll keep an eye on that while we're following around, see where Julio Jones goes. We can wait and see where Sony Michelle ends up.
0: Well, they, they didn't pay a whole bunch of money for him, so he, you know, they have an opportunity with this team to try everybody out and see what they want to what they can get out of them this year. All right. What do we have here next up? We have the Baltimore Ravens. Now, again, I mentioned here that the uh, the author did not include Lamar Jackson into uh, the rankings. So we are talking about the actual running backs here, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards.
1: What do you think? Right. So if you add Lamar Jackson in, And just give a a rating on their running game overall. (laughs) Obviously, they would be higher. But this is not shabby for just the running backs alone. Uh, Gus Edwards has proven that he could carry the load if he has to. Um, But J.K. Dobbins is the real deal. I love J.K. Dobbins. Another Ohio State running back. Okay. Zeke. J.K. Dobbins. And now the guy you guys got sermon all out of Ohio state running back university. Okay. Um, May not be quarterback university. It's not quarterback university at all. (laughs) I don't, I don't know where that came from. Our our friend on the radio (laughs) seems to think they are, but they're not. Obvious biases. Yes. Obvious biases, but they are definitely running back university. Um, I expect J.K. Dobbins to take over and have a really, really good season this season. J.K. Dobbins is a big-time threat, and Gus Edwards is a good number-two punch. Um, It's a formidable running back situation, and then when you you couple that with Lamar Jackson, they give you all kinds of problems on the ground, all kinds of problems.
0: Do you think they're going to run Lamar as much as in previous times? Let's say call as many running back plays for him. How many times the play breaks down and he runs is a little different conversation. But with such a good running back group, you know, and a 17 game season, you know, that they might, it might be time for them to lean on a standard running game a little bit more, you know, and let him get that ball out of his hands.
1: Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, he's such a big part of their running game. And they have so many plays that are designed for him to to to, to run. And they're successful. <laughs> I mean, and the guy don't get hurt. Hasn't gotten hurt. <laughs> the, the guy hasn't gotten hurt. <laughs> okay, and obviously, when we're talking quarterbacks, I don't care how good a runner you are. You have to worry because that's the guy you don't want to lose. You don't want to lose your starting quarterback. But I can't say that they're going to scale him back. I I just can't. They've been so successful with that. I would think that they would attempt to scale him back a little bit. It'll do. It'll it'll. Probably uh, take J.K. Dobbins to really explode onto the scene, which he kind of did near the end of last season. And I believe he will do it again this season when they open up. If that happens, then yes, they may not lean on Lamar as much, but they're still going to run him. But it'll be more of a surprise attack as opposed to a standard, you know, First down, second down, third down. Okay, here comes Lamar. New series of downs. First down, here goes Lamar. Okay, they run three, four more plays. You know he's going to run again. They're not going to go six, seven, eight plays without him running at least one time within that, you know what I mean, group of plays. So they may scale that back some. But, yeah, I love J.K. Dobbins. I think he's going to help them out quite a bit.
0: Talking about being prepared for the future, you know, um, when in Madden, I run with the Ravens playbook. Ah. So, obviously, there are a number of plays I do not run <laughs> with Garoppolo.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, that'd be crazy <laughs>
0: at all. But there's enough great plays in that playbook that I don't need to do a lot of those. But once Garoppolo moves on and Trey Lance comes aboard. Uh, what can oh, I do oh, with a okay, Ravens? <laughs> um, Ravens
1: with the Ravens run oh. game? Yeah, I, I could see
0: that. <laughs> I'm ready for the next couple years, boy. Oh, man that that that's gonna be fun. That's gonna be fun. All right. Well, speaking of fun, let's talk about your favorite team, who's coming in at a, a pretty nice ranking of twelve.
1: Pretty um, nice.
0: That's real nice. 12. Oh, you like that. You like that. I was a little concerned. I didn't think he was going to like that because Saquon Barkley is probably one of the top five running backs in the
1: league if he's healthy. So here we have another situation where you might look at the team and go, ah, how can they be ranked number one? And then you look at the number one back and you say, oh, okay, I see why. He's kind of dragging everybody else along. However, Corey Clement is a big upgrade for us. And Devontae Booker is not a chump. We have a nice running back room right now. Um, Barkley, Booker, Clement. um, We got a couple of little no-name guys here that are going to fill in. But those three right there, that's a tough combination. Now, the Giants coaching staff has not shown me in the past the propensity to use a committee. They seem to be, you know, we got a bell cow. We're going to put the bell around his neck. We're going to let him go. That would be Barkley. But now that he's had a season-ending injury, a season ending injury under his belt last season, they might second-guess themselves on that and maybe – Use Clement and Devontae Booker as a one, two, third down combination type, blah, blah, blah. Or maybe you sit Barkley for a series and start off the series with one of these other guys. But that's going to depend on how well they do, how they pick up the playbook, how they kind of learn their offensive line and how smoothly they transition into into the Giants run game. Um, Barkley's going to be Barkley. He's going to be the unquestioned number one. But if these other two guys can show that they can run within this system and they learn how this offensive line moves and where the holes are and when to cut back and this, that, and the other, um, that can take a lot of pressure off of Barkley, which is really, really going to help the Giants out quite a bit. And especially Daniel Jones, because the better they run the ball – the less chance Daniel Jones is going to have a turnover-plagued season like he did last season, when they couldn't really run the ball.
0: So what did you say about Raquel Armstead?
1: I didn't say anything about Raquel Armstead.
0: I I see him listed um, on their depth chart as the third running back, Corey Clement actually as the fourth at
1: this particular point. Yeah, well, that's because Corey just got there. I don't think that's going to be a problem. Does it say what school Raquel Armstead went to? Because I know that name. Raquel
0: Armstead. Uh, let's see. Temple.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. How long has he been in, in the league? A year? Two? Uh,
0: drafted in 2019.
1: Yeah. Okay. I, I'm not, I'm not going to put too much stock in Raquel Armstead. <laughs> okay. I don't think Corey's going to have any problems stepping up to three at worst and back up at best.
0: Okay, all right, all right. Next up we have the Chicago Bears. The Bears are coming in at number 11 in terms of their running back room, Allen Robinson, David Montgomery, uh, and Tariq Cohen. Am I correct?
1: Well, really, it's um, Montgomery and and Cohen. Allen Robinson is is a receiver, but he's their number one uh, receiver. So as far as their offense is concerned, they really need Allen Robinson to play well. Very underrated player, too, by the way. So when we get to the the, uh, wide receiver class or the wide receiver rooms, uh, you'll hear me talk glowingly of Allen Robinson. But... um, Interesting this that they here with the running backs, though. This this is this is really high. This is really high for the Bears. <laughs> and I think this is based on how well David Montgomery played last season. David Montgomery, for most of his career, this is his third year, I think, third or fourth season, has been fair to Midland. Showed flashes, but never was outstanding. Last season, he exploded big time to the point where Tyreek Cohen couldn't get on the field as much as he would have liked. Tyreek Cohen is a much smaller guy, obviously faster and a better pass receiver. Um, Montgomery would be even better if he was a better pass receiver, but they got Cohen for that, so they're not going to worry about that. But I don't know what happened, but Montgomery just exploded last season. He had a career year. So that's probably where their high ranking is based on. Uh, Because behind those two, I don't really see anybody uh, that's going to threaten those two. They're the unquestioned one-two punch. Yeah, that's basically it. Uh, but you can't go wrong with that. Cohen is a proven third-down back. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Did they use him returning kicks? I think in a pinch they can use him to return kicks too.
0: Really?
1: But uh, oh. third-down back. But if Montgomery comes back and has a season like he did last year, then you know whoever ends up as the quarterback and there be it Dalton or Fields, that's going to be a big, big plus for them.
0: I got to take a drink on that one. <laughs> <laughs> the number 10 team. Well, I don't I don't know is their quarterback not happy with their running back situations either? I don't know he's not happy with their GM and they, there's a lot of dissatisfaction that's being talked about, but the Green Bay Packers are coming in at number 10 with the quarterback room with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams.
1: So that's funny. The first sentence here says there was an expectation that Green Bay would have to let both Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams walk at free agency following last season. i worried about that. Turns out they were able to pay Aaron Jones, but they did have to let Jamal Williams go. That's okay. Because late in the season, AJ Dillon, who was a rookie last year, came on strong, proved that he's worthy to be a backup behind Aaron Jones. Um, A.J. Dillon, off the top of my head, is Jerome Bettis, okay? I'm not saying saying he's going to have a career like Jerome Bettis, but he's that type of runner, okay? He's a bus. I don't think he's quite as big as Bettis was. Um, And Bettis got bigger in the pros. If you ever get to see any Jerome Bettis footage from college at notre dame and jerome bettis was a beast he was fast he was he was he he would cut and juke people jerome bettis was all that but he just you know he turned into the bus in the nfl but aj dylan's already a bus he's, <laughs> he's a short bus but he's a bus <laughs> <laughs> so i tell you the truth i like aj dylan backing up aaron jones better than I like Jamal Williams how about that okay okay this, this is a good quarter this is a good running back situation the Packers have a really good running back situation so does that say anything positive about their GM
0: that he, he was able to keep both of those running backs and have a third decent running back room
1: also eh, not really because Dylan's not still on, really Dylan's still in his rookie contract, so it was cheaper to keep him and let Williams go so the money they saved off of Williams, they were able to use to pay Aaron Jones, who's the unquestioned number one. Smart move then, right? Right. Yeah, smart move. I, I'm not going to say nothing bad about <laughs> their GM. Whatever's going on between Aaron Rodgers and this guy, you know, they're going to have to squash that because they're not going to let him go. Nah, nah, not at all. Not at all.
0: The Denver Broncos are number nine.
1: Now, <laughs> this is really high. <laughs> so they let Phillip Lindsay go. And I really like Phillip Lindsey. I really like Melvin Gordon too, but Melvin Gordon's had some injury issues. So If Melvin Gordon didn't have the injury issues, I would consider Melvin Gordon a top-flight NFL running back, which is probably why they're ranked so high. But also is they got Javante Williams from North Carolina. This young boy is a beast. He is a beast, okay? Look him up, go on YouTube, Javante Williams, North Carolina running back, this kid – could carry the load if Melvin Gordon goes down. I think he is contributing mightily to them being rated this high. Of course, Melvin Gordon needs to stay healthy. If he does, him and Javante Williams is one hell of a one-two punch. And I believe that they really like uh, Denver's offensive line too. So,
0: All right. All right, so then you're not too – you don't have too much
1: of a problem with that overall. No, no. I don't know. Well, Nine is high. Yes, I was thinking. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, I, I could probably reshuffle this, but they wouldn't fall much. If I put them down lower, they wouldn't fall much. Devontae Williams is going to be nice. All right. Devontae, Javontae. Devontae. Like 12 J- Devontae's in the league.
0: <laughs> well, let's jump over to Kenyon. Drake is now with the Raiders.
1: Okay. So, so like I said earlier. Number eight. Yes. So, so, the Raiders and Denver are kind of the opposite of what I said about some of the other teams that were rated so high because of their starter. Denver and the Raiders our rate is so high, not only because of the starter, but because of the backup. They're expecting big things from Williams in Denver, and they're expecting big things from Kenyon Drake backing up Josh Jacobs at the Raiders. Both Drake and Jacobs are starter quality. They are they have they now have two number one backs. And there's only a couple of teams that have two number one backs. The Raiders now have two number one backs and Jalen Rashard is not a bum. So, man, Raiders got the ground game together. Now, they, all they got to do now is figure out how to stop other teams from scoring. And the Raiders would be good. <laughs> I'm also looking at Theo Riddick. Theo, <coughs> excuse me. Theo Riddick came over from Detroit. Theo Riddick has had his opportunities with the Lions, but again, just like On Johnson, um, never was able to show his full potential because the Lions could never put together a good offensive line. Hmm. Okay. Okay. We
0: have coming in at number seven the Carolina Panthers. Of course, Christian McCaffrey is going to push that. That number up some. And then uh, you lost, like you said, Mike Davis. What do you think about Chuba Hubbard? Okay. I think it's Chuba.
1: Is it teller, Chuba? Chuba Hubbard. Chuba Chuba? Chuba. All I know is, there's a kid named Hubbard that played for Oklahoma State that is a borderline stud. Hubbard is a stud. Okay. <laughs> now I see why they let Mike Davis go or felt like they could afford to let Mike Davis go. Again, their ranking is elevated because Christian McCaffrey is considered one of the top three, if not the number one running back in the NFL right now, even coming off an injured season. Everybody loves Christian McCaffrey. I love Christian McCaffrey. My two main fantasy teams I held on to him on injured reserve through entire fantasy seasons, just so I can keep him as a franchise player going into this season. That's how much I believe in Christian McCaffrey. All right. So, but Hubbard is no slouch. Hubbard is another rookie back that's going to come on the scene and really show you something.
0: All right. Hubbard's going to show us something, eh? (laughs) Yes, sir. <laughs> looking forward to that next up we have number six the tennessee titans <laughs> number six wow my fingers up six
1: six now i'll tell you this everybody knows what a beast Derek henry is the only reason they're at six is because Dion lewis is a okay backup He's an okay backup. He's not terrible. He's not even listed um, right now on their
0: depth chart, so it's interesting um, that they have him listed there. I wonder. By ESPN. This is an ESPN depth chart here, so I'm you know I don't know what's going on, but they have Henry, they have uh, Darrington Evans, Jeremy McNichols, and Brian Hill. So maybe.
1: So what's going on with Dion? Okay, Brian Hill. <laughs> He came over from the Falcons. He got a little playing time with the Falcons when, when Gurley was doing whatever the heck he was doing. Brian Hill is not a terrible back. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's a decent runner. Um, he's no big time threat. Uh, I, I couldn't even say he's that much better than, than Deion Lewis uh, skill wise. Uh, the guy with the funny name, Darrington. Right. Yeah, he's okay, uh, but he's basically depth. This is pretty much on Derrick Henry. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm looking at their depth chart now. Oh, Jeremy McNichols. Jeremy McNichols is a good fill-in guy. Um Decent size, if I remember correctly. No, not really. He's the smallest kind of guy, 5'9", 205. I'm, I'm looking at the depth chart now. Uh, but McNichols is a breakaway threat. Brian Hill is a breakaway threat and can also catch the ball out of the backfield. And then you have Derrick Henry. After that, um, that's pretty much it as far as I'm concerned. Darrington Evans is uh, <clears throat> not much to talk about. They're ranked that high pretty much just because of Derrick Henry. And you're right. I do not see Deion Lewis's name on here. So that means he's somewhere else. Could
0: be floating around in free agency land, waiting for the the June 1st Uh, salary cap issues to solve and let somebody pick him up. So, all right. Just want to remind everybody again, this is Ben and Barry on football. You can find us at www.benandbarryonfootball.com. You can find us on podcasts at Spotify, at Anchor Podcasts, and on Apple Podcasts. On the radio, online at wjrl953.com every Friday from 6 to 7.30. And across, across. All social media (laughs) i just say that now they got social media i haven't even heard of they got like we're not on Reddit. we're not on any of those those things at least we're not pushing up any stocks or anything so (laughs) (laughs) not in that game right now okay let's see who we have coming up next we are now in the top five starting off at number five with the dallas cowboys wow That's really high for the Cowboys. Especially if you're thinking, you know, your starter, top-end starter, you're putting Ezekiel Elliott ahead of Derrick Henry.
1: (laughs) That's, yeah, that's tough. Again, if I redid these rankings, the Cowboys wouldn't fall far, but they would probably fall. But I think the reason that they're up there is because Tony Pollard had a really good season last year. Zeke went down for a week or two here and there. And Tony Pollard stepped up and had some really big games, like outstanding games. Small sample size, but he showed great potential, especially considering that their offensive line is not as great as it used to be. They've got some holes to fill there. But Tony Pollard proved that he is a quality running back, so I'll attribute it to that. And I still believe in Zeke. I think when Zeke is healthy, Zeke is really tough. I think the main thing that hurt Zeke was he couldn't get quality carries because they were coming from behind so much after Dak got hurt and their defense was so horrible that they were always, you know, in catch-up mode and you can't run the ball like you want to when you're constantly behind on the scoreboard. What about the offensive line changes? They made some changes. I believe the changes are for the better, but it remains to be seen. Well, up to this particular, like
0: last year's offensive line, or the year before that versus when they had that all-star offensive
1: line, I think that also impacted him. So you think they have a better offensive line now? Well, I think their line is better now than it was this time last season. Okay. Now, I don't know that it's going to be as good as it was in Zach's glory days, but I think it's enough for him. For a guy like Zach, he can work with a, a line that's not you know, all pros across the board. Zach's a good back. Zach's a great back. Funny part is the next team up. I keep calling him Zach. Zeke. <laughs> I got Zeke and Dak. And, oh, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm getting old. Zach, Zach Elliott. <laughs> <laughs> Zach Elliott, yeah. Sounds like, a, sound
0: like a, a Hollywood name.
1: <laughs> Zeke, Zeke Prescott. <laughs> The
0: Minnesota Vikings are coming in at number four. So, again, our theory of this—you know—the starting quarterback being the heaviest weight in these chain in these uh, rankings is pushing Dalvin Cook ahead of Ezekiel Elliott and Derrick Henry. I know Dalvin's a bad boy, but now the fact that Alexander Madison is there might be somewhat helpful.
1: Well, that again. Alexander Madison found himself in the same position that Pollard found himself in last year, where the starter goes down and I get an opportunity and I have a couple of really good games, like 100 plus yards on 20-something carries and catch a couple passes and score a couple touchdowns and did it in multiple weeks. And people were like, wow, Madison, wow. I mean, people were grabbing him in fantasy. Especially people that that had cook. When he went down, they're like, oh, snap. Who should I grab? And they're like, oh, let me get Madison. And he paid off for them at least two, three weeks. So again, you have a more than capable backup behind an all-pro starter. That's gonna, that's gonna put you up high. That's the only thing that's holding Derrick Henry back, is Deion Lewis.
0: Seems like it's not Dion now. <laughs> well, yeah, right. He's gone. So now we
1: we gotta see. All
0: right. Maybe Brian Hill can step up. We're about to we're about to, to get into the top three. Oh man. Whoa. Running back. Number okay. three. Okay. New Orleans Saints. Okay. Alvin and Latavius.
1: Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray. Okay. Same situation. Alvin Kamara, unquestioned number one back, top back in the league, gets dinged up, you go to Latavius, and the guy blows up. Latavius Murray had a couple of games, two or three games, where he ripped off big yardage, scored touchdowns, caught the ball out of backfield, and carried the load for New Orleans, and I believe they won most of those games until Kamara came back. They uh, I've seen New Orleans several times sit Camara for a series and just play Murray. Another X-49er. This is getting out of hand. <laughs> it's, getting, it's crazy. <laughs> Shanahan knows running backs. Oh. <laughs> I,
0: I, I like that that change of pace with that yeah. power move
1: he that brings is- a nice. Yeah, usually you have your your big time runner is like, I don't want to say the power back, but he's the guy that churns out the yards. He's the guy that's going to get 18 to 25 carries every game. And then your backup is like your third down back, get him out of backfield, throwing the ball, scat back type of guy. But this combination works just as well. Kamara is the do everything back. Okay. And, and Murray is the bruiser. So, either way, it's a good combination, and they're rated really high because last season Murray had a really good season. He got an opportunity and he cashed in on it. Tell Tree if she's gonna be rattling pans, I want a dinner. Oh, I want a din-
0: dinner invitation. And the, the kitchen doors, the doors
1: closed too. <laughs> I don't know what's going on back
0: there?
1: I want to know what's what's cooking back there. It's gonna be something cooking soon. I know that. I don't know <laughs> I'm what it's gonna
0: be? I'm hungry already. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Well, we're just about finished uh, this particular list. Let's get ready to go out now, Ben. Mm-hmm. You move from the Eagles to the Colts, mm-hmm. and you inherit what's what is arguably the number two running back room in the league.
1: I have no argument with this whatsoever. None. 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 Oh, Jonathan! Because of, yeah. because of the depth the depth yes first of all when they drafted Jonathan Taylor they were going to bring him in as the backup to Marlon Mack Marlon Mack had just come off of a really good season in fact I believe that said there that he had multiple thousand yard seasons Marlon Mack was an emergency an emerging sorry Um, star running back and then he got hurt and then they discovered they had a guy on their bench named Naeem Hines that could do just about everything Marlon Mack could do but they drafted Jonathan Taylor again I think they were just going to bring him along but every time they gave him a shot he showed flashes and then the next time he showed more flashes And by the end of the season, he was the number one back. Now coming into this season, this is crazy. If Marlon Mack comes back, because it says here they brought him back cheap on a one-year deal. Marlon Mack, if he can stay healthy, has an opportunity to make himself a whole heck of a lot of money in free agency. But he's going to have to fight off Jonathan Taylor for playing time. Because Jonathan Taylor is a stud. (laughs) Jonathan Taylor is a stud. And Naeem Hines, his job is secure. Again, the classic third down back. Catch the ball out of the backfield. Decent power. Good speed and shiftiness. Naeem Hines is, is a problem. Naeem Hines could be a starter on at least 10 teams in this league. They have Jonathan and
0: Naeem Pro football focus have, has them both rated in the top 10
1: yes sir Jeez, yes Christmas. i'm telling you naeem hines and jd mckissick are like mirror images of each other if you ask me um of course mckissick plays for washington but um again you got a team with a really good offensive line a really good run blocking offensive line Um, hopefully they'll be good pass blockers for, for Mr. Wentz's sake, but um, Jonathan Taylor is a stud. Naeem Hines is a do everything type of back. And Marlon Mack is a do everything type of back. I can understand why they're this high. If I reshuffled these, they wouldn't drop any lower probably than third. That would be
0: an interesting team to play with, with the Niners, especially um, with Wentz, if the Niners continue his ratings, <clears throat> excuse me, relative to his athleticism, even though his awareness might be low because they, I'm sure oh, his. Wentz's awareness. athleticism. Well, what, huh? say that again. You said Wentz's athleticism. Yes, you know they, they, in, in their c- categories. Um, they talk about af- the different athletic capabilities, speed, okay. all that stuff. But then they also have an awareness rating, you know. Okay. So my question on the awareness might be on the awareness rating, but when you're playing with the game, you control the quarterback. So right. his, his awareness might not be great, but as long as his right. vision's okay and your awareness is okay.
1: <laughs> right, right, you,
0: right. You can get it in with those three running backs, man. Right. right. You know, and a good defense. Especially now, you know, because they got a next niner there, you know, clogging up the interior of their
1: defensive line. (laughs) I I tell you what, man, I think the Colts are going to be good this year. A a lot of it depends on Wentz. But when you look at that running back room, that makes it all the more easier for him. That's what I'm saying. It's like he's he's
0: a great situation. I mean, He might be the reason Aaron Rodgers was like, wait a
1: minute. (laughs) If Wentz can get to a good team. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything is set up for Wentz to really bounce back. It's set up. I mean, they could probably use a little bit more help at wide receiver. And and that could depend on, you know, how T.Y. Hilton comes back because he had a down year. But they got a kid named Pittman that's coming on, a young kid. So, I mean, yeah, this, this thing's set up for Wentz, man. All right. <laughs> Numero uno.
0: Numero uno. Who's left, Benny? I don't even know,
1: dude. I'm just going one. I couldn't. I don't know. <laughs> Am I, I going the to Cleveland Browns? oh no no, running back (laughs) okay now i just said who did i just say had two backs that were both considered number one backs beside the colts beside the colts there was somebody else i just said who was number three number three
0: let's see we will we'll do a quick check and see who number three was
1: number three was the saints yes okay all right okay forget that (laughs) never mind forget that this to me i'm about to use the word unquestionably Uh uh-oh you would be hard pressed and perhaps with a healthy marlon mack the Colts could challenge this running back room. But Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are undoubtedly the two best running backs on one team in the NFL. I agree. I want to say I agree 100%, but I'm going to leave room. I'm going to say I agree 98.5% that they are the number one running back room in the league. Both could start for the Browns. Both could start for almost three-fourths of the teams in the NFL. Teams that don't have a Derrick Henry, you know what I mean, or, or, or some a couple other guys, either one of these guys could start for. It's hard. I, I, I'm almost speechless. <laughs> he's I'm almost speechless, speechless, ladies and germs. He's speechless. I'm almost <laughs> speechless. This, this is about as good as it gets as far as running backs are concerned. And I love the Colts situation. I really like the Raiders situation. I don't think they're going to make the best of it. But the Raiders getting Kenyon Drake to back up Jack, uh, uh, Josh Jacobs. That's a really good situation. Okay? But I love this situation. And I'll tell you the truth. We haven't seen the best of Kareem Hunt yet. We haven't still seen the Kareem Hunt that we saw with Kansas City. You know, after his all his legal stuff and all, and then coming and, and having to play backup, I think they may have had a little something to do with him mentally. But I think Kareem Hunt is about to really burst on the scene. The Cleveland Browns are going to go far this season, ladies and gentlemen. Beware of the Cleveland Browns if Baker Mayfield doesn't crack the bed beware of the Cleveland Browns that's all I got to watch out everybody and we're gonna have an early I believe we looked at the every team's first three games right they beat Kansas City in their first three games it's like number one or something like that. <laughs> that'll be the first game I love it bring it on they're gonna they're gonna
0: kick it out and you know you know who kareem hunt who i always say i think about when you say kareem hunt i think about alvin Kamara. yes yes those two for some reason they're like i think about those two guys as having very equitable type skills which is to say a lot for kareem and alvin both of those guys are 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 dynamic uh running backs man We we did it again, all 32 teams. I love it, man. Every and I don't have, room.
1: I don't have a big problem with uh, Pro Football Focus's rankings. I would probably shuffle just a couple of teams, but I wouldn't move them too far up, and I mo- wouldn't move some too far down. They'd be right in there. Yeah, absolutely.
0: That's, all
1: right, all right. Great. We we're on the tail
0: end of this. Uh, Benny, so let's just get ready to wrap this up. I want to just share a few things. These are a little more personal than uh, just lists of stuff. What we have here, can you see the screen there? Yes, I can. Number 25, do you know who that is? Probably Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman. So I'm playing last night, and this happened.
1: Oh, come Come on. Look how he runs. (laughs) Come on. Oh, show me that again. Oh, you want to see it again, do you? That again.
0: Now, this is against the Jets. That's a gift. There's your boy, Sam Darnold. Hey, look, I'll take a gift. First I was beating the slop out the Jets. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think I scored 40 some points. In you just guy. show me that one more time. You want to see that one more time? One more time. One more time again. Go for it, Sherm. And, and, and the reason I wanted to show this, Benny. Look at what he is hilarious the way. Bro, he that's
1: a gift. <laughs> so the first time I watched Sherman. The second time I watched the quarterback. And the third time you showed it to me, I watched the receiver. That was supposed to be a comeback route to the outside, and the quarterback threw it inside. That's a gift. Boo. (laughs) The reason that I showed it is just because
0: um, I've grown to appreciate Sherm as a teammate, as a member of the the Niners, you know, even as he came from our division opponent, the Seahawks. I appreciated him when he was a Seahawk. You know, I understood – how he played, what his strengths were, and he understood it. And as I learned more about him, his Stanford education and everything, just just nice to have that level of intellect in your defense. So I say that to say that I hope if he is still NFL competitive, that maybe some way we can hang on to him with the Niners because I think there's always a place for a guy like that in the NFL. Hall of Famer? Well, he's got a Super Bowl. So you know my criteria. Once you get Super Bowl, you're in, baby. You are in. Yes. No yeah, doubt about it. You can't put everybody with a Super Bowl into the <laughs> game. So you say. But in any event, Hall of Famer is a good question. Um, and I had to think about that a little bit more. Uh, you know, I think he's done everything you need to do as a, as a Hall of Famer. He's, he's played in big games. He's made those big yes, plays. Yes, he made yes, them yes. against my team. You know, and and I used to always say because of his height, if you were going to go try to throw over him, you would have to throw the ball an extra five to seven yards ahead of the receiver because of his height.
1: Ask Crabtree.
0: Say that again. Ask Crabtree. Ask Crabtree, right. And Crabtree didn't have the speed to get by him. You know, you'd have to have one of those really fast guys that maybe could get by him and get, and get that level of separation. Crabtree didn't have that level of speed. So um, and whether he's a good zone guy, whether he sticks to his one side, and, you know, what he does, what he does, um, again, I just think there's, there's places for him. You, you know, when you're in a situation like, like there where you, your quarterback and your receivers aren't exactly on the right foot, he'll catch that ball. That's the number one thing. He will catch the ball. <laughs>
1: so. Yeah, when it, when it comes to Hall of Fame, and it's a little tougher with, with defensive players and defensive backs kind of look at production first i look at the numbers then i look at longevity and then if they got a super bowl attack on there at the end that's a plus so if if you just said ben richard sherman super bowl or no i would probably go uh yeah yeah
0: yeah I'm, i'm with you i'm with you there so sherm i hope you hang around all right this is something i just like to share Patrick Mahomes says Aaron Rodgers joining the AFC West would be awesome. Oh my God! <laughs> With the young boy stuff, come on, man! You, you wait a minute. This is on the heels of him saying that that all that you know, his only goal would be twenty and zero. He's actually thinking about the fact hey. that they could be the first team to go twenty and zero. I'm loving the attitude, you know, the relaxed confidence, you know, get to play Aaron Rodgers twice a year man that would be great that would be fantastic i mean what more do you want from your quarterback you know is to be excited about competing at the highest level so uh, kudos to patrick mahomes on his attitude
1: mahomes is the russell wilson of the afc <laughs> he talks real fast talks in like static sentences you know what I mean? All he has to do is end every 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 interview with Go Chiefs. And he would be he would be Russell Wills. Gawes. You know, that's <laughs> always upbeat. Never says nothing negative. Everything is great. Oh, we're just trying to win. Oh, I love my offensive line. Oh, we're yeah, Andy Reid. Oh, that, he, I mean, I expect something like that from him. I'm not saying it's bull. I'm just saying.
0: You know, and, and let's say, it.
1: if you paid me a half a billion
0: dollars, I'd probably be saying
1: no, it's great no, around here. I love it. No, the line is great. I don't know who
0: they are, but they are a, great.
1: There's a difference between a guy like him and a guy like Russell and a guy like Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is who he is. And he's been that way from day one. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Russ has been the way he is from day one. Russ is the ultimate rah-rah dude. Yeah. And Mahomes strikes me as a rah-rah dude. And there's nothing We'll
0: see how rah-rah Russ is as we get into the season because hopefully all of his small complaints and things of that nature have been addressed and he's ready to go rock and rolling. Oh, he's 100% on. He's 100% on? All right. There there you go.
1: They already threw a number one pick at the Falcons for Julio. Are you kidding me? they're going all in
0: yeah 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 um again i i'm i have to go look at them to see where they're getting these number one picks from because they're pulling them out of the hat
1: man they
0: must have got they must
1: have got well it's only one so it could be 2022 it could be 2023 for all i know they might have that far in the
0: future for julio well, yeah, I guess so. I mean, because if you're going to take a draft pick, you're not going you to use them this play. year, are you? He ain't
1: playing for the Falcons no more. They got to they gotta unload his contract. If they get a number one, you can't ask for any more.
0: All right. All right. Good ask stuff. Them. Good stuff. All right. This is the last thing we're going to talk about before you can close out the show, Mr. Dickinson. Don't know if you had a chance to see this. NFL official says league will support the bid for flag football to be featured at the Los Angeles 2028 Olympics.
1: <laughs> you down? You going? I'm waiting. Now, they will probably use the same format that they used when they had that, um,
0: that the NFL night, competition. That
1: yeah, yeah. We and, weren't real happy with that because like no blocking. You couldn't couldn't even push the guy off. Yeah, they took most of the physicality out of it. Um, but that's okay. I mean, it's still a good game, but it's it's purely skill. There's there's almost no physicality um in it at all. And they didn't even use screen block, you couldn't block at
0: all. I know, guys. Guys would catch. Would how was it the, uh, the the the? Oh yeah, once a guy would catch the ball, everybody, everybody would just stand still. Yep. Yep. And we were like, "What's he doing?" You know. And then yeah. when they were playing the NFL teams, I remember the one guy caught the ball and he went to make a break and he stuck his arm out with the classic <laughs> and stiff arm the guy, and they're like, "Flag!"
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, you That's can't so do that.
1: Funny. No stiff-arming. And see, that's crazy. And that's why there's so many different formats of flag football. Because in non-man flag, you can stiff-arm. Oh, really? Yes. Non-man flag, you can stiff-arm. In eight-man flag, you cannot stiff-arm. In nine-man flag, they use the sonic pop flags. In eight-man flag, they use the triple threat flags. We have one on each hip and one in the back. So, you know, the flag football that I know that I see in tournaments when I travel to different places, to me, there's, there's five-man, six-man, seven-man contact, seven-man non-contact, seven-man screen, they, and they play that on an 80-yard field that's 40 yards wide it's, it's so many variations of flag football, and they're all great in their own right. So to me, that little NFL style thing that they were playing, I mean, it's another style, but it's kind of a compilation of a couple of different kind of styles kind of put together. But it's flag football, so I love it. <laughs> I was going to say
0: so we're talking 2028. So that's still a little bit off in the future. Yeah. You know, but I just thought that was interesting. Flag football in the Olympics, man. Yeah.
1: And so that's got played all over. Flag football is played. I know in the what is it? What are we in the Western Hemisphere? Yeah. Okay. It, it's played all over. I've been to tournaments where there were teams from the Bahamas, Cayman Islands. Mexico, Puerto Rico, I've seen them. They're they're out there. Canada. Yeah, flag football's big. Well,
0: it's the same thing with, you know, um, American football in general. You're just so amazed – that um, you know, it's, it's so many different places throughout the, throughout the world that it's being played and being celebrated. And we're going to see more of that as the NFL continues their uh, expansion internationally. That's the next growth phase for them. You know, They're growing through media, but uh, geographically, they're looking to expand. Uh, they'll be having more games in, in England once uh, the vaccinations worldwide starts to catch up and you're no longer afraid to go to places like Mexico they'll probably be back down in Mexico Mexico you know has it's some big fan base down there you know for the NFL no doubt about it so um it's going to be interesting to see uh but yeah flag football uh and it's here it's it's here in the United States so You know, you have an opportunity uh, a little closer to home. Take advantage of that. All right. And you guys have a tournament coming up, right?
1: We actually have two. We got a summer showdown going down in uh, a little town right near Annapolis, Maryland. Uh, I'll be going down with uh, the Philly Legends, which is a 35 and over team. If, in fact, there are other 35 and over teams there, we will play in that division. If there's not enough of them, then we will play in the comp division, which is basically division two, meaning that we'll be playing a lot of um, teams with much younger players than, than we have, but we're going for the competition because we're trying to prepare ourselves for nationals, so... We've already signed on for that. And we're going to, in fact, I have practice. We have practice tonight <laughs> in uh, mid-July. And then we have the Philly Bowl. The Philly Bowl. Yes, I think it's Philly Bowl 6, which has grown in exponentially since the first Philly Bowl that we had down at 29th and Chalmers. And now we've moved. It's, it's so big. That they might have to change the name because we had to move it to Delaware to get to get enough fields to accommodate all the teams that are coming from out of town.
0: Now, um, I saw an ad. Who's the who is it again that's uh that put the ad out for that? Blade Brown. Blade,
1: yeah. I wanted to give a shout out to Blade Brown on the show. Yes, sir. You know, he's the commissioner EFL. And he is also a national director for the UFFL who um, puts on most of the tournaments and sanctions tournaments. And uh, this is a UFFL sanctioned tournament. And um, that's the nationals that we usually go to UFFL. So he's a national director with them and he's the commissioner of our league. All right. Fantastic.
0: Fantastic. Want to give a shout out then to Blade Brown, um, who's also given us some, some, some support on Instagram Uh, as a part of our posts and things of that nature. (sighs) Okay, that's it for me, what do
1: you got, sir? That's it for you, you got nothing else? Got nothing else. I got two things. Uh Uh-oh. Number one, I like your new background. You got a lot of balls. (laughs) Were you saving that the whole time? (laughs) I've been saving that the whole time. Number (laughs) two, (laughs) go Noles.